0: Great day. Great day to all of you out there. Many ideas grow better when transplanted into another mind than the one where they spring up. That's a quote by Oliver Wendell Holmes. And I love it because it has so much to do with what we're going to talk about today. So let's talk about collaboration on today's The Coffee with Rhonda show. Let's get ready to learn to lead above the grind. Uh-huh. great day great day everyone really excited that you're here with us we're gonna have another fantastic show and at the end of this show I know that you're gonna have something that you're taking away something that we're putting into your cup today so hello everyone thank you so much for tuning in whether you're watching live or watching on the replay welcome to the coffee with Rhonda show your cup full of inspiration revelation and a little bit of wit For today's savvy leaders this is episode 51 and today's power hour is on the x factor collaborative leadership we're going to talk about all of that in just a moment before we get started just a few little housekeeping tips if you would In the comments, tell us where you're watching from and don't forget to tell us what's in your cup. I love hearing what everyone is doing or drinking and that whether it's day or night. Don't forget to comment during the show. Your comments power our conversation and it may even cause us to take a little bit of a detour as I was sharing and talking about with friends, we might even go into the rabbit hole. So I also have a big ask, take a minute right now pause for a moment, like the video and share the video. There is someone out there who wants to hear this message. And don't forget if you're watching on YouTube in particular or even on Facebook, hit the subscribe bell so that you don't miss any episodes. So with all of that aside, let's get our conversation started. My name is Rhonda Y. Williams and I'm your host for the show. I am known as an R soul or what I call a recovering stressed out leader. Today, I am an elite leadership coach helping leaders, executives and entrepreneurs really decide it's time to stop the madness, reduce stress and live a more successful and fulfilled life. Today, I'm really excited. I'm coming to you from the coast of California. I am uh, in the Newport Beach area where I was hoping it was going to be a little bit sunnier. Instead, we got a little bit of the June gloom going on, but that's okay. In my cup, I have two cups this morning. Check this out, you guys. So I have a regular cup that I have coffee and it's like a whiskey flavored coffee. My dear friend Carla had this special coffee. It's it's delicious. I think we finally got it right, my friend. <laughs> I really like it. So I've got coffee and I've got my special little mimosa uh, in my cup. So I've got two cups this you morning. You need a breathalyzer test. You need a breathalyzer. <laughs> Roz, no, not yet, shh, don't, don't tell anyone. <laughs> so that's what's going on in my cup this morning. Let's introduce our amazing, wonderful caffeinated co-host and then we'll get to our, our special guest for the day. So Ms. Roz, since you talking about breathalyzer tests and all of that, good morning to you. <laughs>
1: Good morning, good morning, good morning. I am Roz Jones, the CEO and owner of Jacksonville's Best Caregivers, where we expand the life of your loved one through caregiving. Why do I do it? I do it to help the caregiver on a journey to reduce that SOS, which is stress, being overwhelmed, and providing safety and security for your loved one. You know my saying if you can't do it all, give Give us a a call. call. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, And in my cup, I only have peppermint tea, honey, and uh, a lemon. (laughs) Why you? Why why you
0: say only like that, Roz? I mean, that's good. (laughs) Mariah, you next, honey. (laughs) Good morning, Mariah. Good morning,
2: good evening on my side. It's going to be morning in one hour, so good evening still. My name is Mireille, you should know me by, by then. I'm, you know, I'm tuning in from Perth, Australia. It's a bit cold here, but uh, we, I'm ready. I have my coffee today. So I'm the greatness engineer, so I'm all about greatness. I make sure people understand that they have no limit and they step into their greatness and step into their power and really deliver the the result that they want to have. So that's me. And today it's coffee because I actually have another uh an, another conference after that virtual conference. I have to stay awake today until 3 a.m. So welcome everybody.
0: <laughs> awesome. Thank you the greatness engineer. It's great that you've got You've had some evening uh, events lately, so we get to have you with Fully Caffeinated.
2: (laughs) Fully Caffeinated, definitely.
0: (laughs) Awesome, and let's introduce our special guest. Um, Patrick, so excited to have you here. Would you tell us who you are, a little bit about you, where you're uh, Zooming or dialing in from, and what's in your cup?
3: Sure, I am thrilled to be here, Rhonda. So uh, for folks that don't know me, I have recently written a book called The Collaborative Path. I'm a recovering lawyer, a former mediator, and uh, and, a, and a fledgling author on a mission to change the world. Um, I'm, I'm out to create a global culture of collaboration to replace the battling, combative, competitive, the bad side of competitive way that society uh, tends to operate today
0: mm, wow in
3: my cup I have um, I have coffee with a pinch of nutmeg and some Canadian maple syrup so I'm dialing in from uh, Prince Edward Island Canada' uh, Canada's smallest province on the east coast in between let's say Nova Scotia New Brunswick and Newfoundland
0: Hmm, really nice. I love the fact that he has the maple syrup in his coffee. I've never heard that one before. So it's always interesting to get everyone to share a little bit about what's in your air cup. So thank you so much for joining us, Patrick. Really looking forward to the conversation today. And Patrick's book um, is really, really great. So if you have not picked up that book, please consider doing so, particularly if you're leading teams and y'all are sort of stuck a bit and trying to work through co- conflict and really um, some great strategies in there. Let's check in with who's out there. Mom's out there. Good morning, Cindy. Good morning, ladies. Looking forward to another great show. And she has guava nectar in her cup this morning. Yum. That sounds delicious. And then Regina's out there. Hey, says Good morning, ladies. So glad to be here. Uh, she has green tea in her cup this morning. And Michael is joining us also. Good morning, Michael. Michael says he has a High Mountain Taiwan Tea. Oh, that sounds delicious. Mm. So thank you so much for tuning in. So let's jump into our conversation th- this morning because um, I-, I know it always feels like we don't have enough time that every show feels like it needs to be a part two. I have a feeling this one will be no different. Our focus today is talking about collaboration. So I want to start um, today with Let me put this up for us. So this is our leadership above the grind quote for today. And I will share it on screen and then read it for those of you that are not able to to see the screen. All right. So the quote says, there is no such thing as a self-made man. You will reach your goals only with the help of others. And that's a quote from George Shin. And I think about the simplicity of this quote, which is one of the things that I really love about it. It seems very simple, yet all day, every day, we encounter situations where we are not collaborative, right? We encounter situations where we are in our own lanes and doing our own thing and in our own mindset, So I wanna talk about that a little bit. So let's start as we have been for um, a lot of this season, really starting by talking about the definition, breaking down the definitions. So if you were to look up the term collaboration, it says to work together and to work with one or more others to achieve a particular goal or outcome. I think that's one of the really important things about collaboration is that it is towards a shared outcome. So what I want to start by is I want to start by asking our panel, if this is so simple, we none of us can mm-hmm. succeed alone. What's in our way? Right. What's in our, what do you think blocks effective, successful collaboration, whether this is in your life? So we're talking we talk about this often from a leadership perspective, but then I think about it from the life perspective. And I think ooh, that could be a whole nother show where where have I not been collaborative and it has held up some of the goals and the things that I want to accomplish so Murray let's start with you and I'm going to come to Patrick last on this because I know this is his zone of of genius mm-hmm,
3: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. so I, I think some of the blockers it's also uh you know this how we we get you know uh, brought up because you know we we get brought up into this, uh, you know, competitive environment, especially I, I'm talking more about the education that we go yeah. for, it's about, you know, being the best. And, you know, so we forget that uh, we can't actually, we can be the best, but we need others. So I think that's that's the starting point, is really looking at what we learn, what we, we, we get, you know, when, when we grow up and uh, and really you know evolving in this uh, very competitive environment after that there's also you know the ego that we have you know and we we really want to uh, be the person that's going to be visible get the attention and, and, and really work for it. And we, we forget, you know, and we forget that uh, at some point, you know, we, we're going to get stuck because we, like you said, we, we need to collaborate to go to a certain level. We might be able to go alone at a certain point, but if we really want to break through, then we need, you know, we need, we need this collaboration to, to help us to go mm-hmm. to the next level. And, and I think those are the key things that I think are blocking us.
0: I think the ego is such an important point, although um, I don't I don't have any ego. Does anybody here have an ego? We don't have egos. I'm sure none of us have our egos in the way, right? Just maybe just a little bit, Patrick. so I believe, Roz, I believe you Roz, <laughs> What do you think is blocking us? If we know that collaboration is the way, what's in our way?
1: as, as, as it's already been stated, sometimes it's us, but you know, we've also been taught if you want something done, do it yourself. Ooh. We all have heard that term. If you want something done and you want it done, right. Do it yourself. So, you know, we, you know, we were never taught about working together. Now in the military, they're taught about working together. You know, we, we got to have a team to be able to be successful. You know, football teams work together, you know, all of that. But so far as a lot of times coming into the workplace or just, you know, us reaching out. I didn't know anything about the word collaboration until maybe, you know, just like self-care. Mm-hmm. These words weren't taught to us. Right? They weren't taught to us. And so it was, it was always about, you know, protecting my intellectual property, protecting my business property. You know, everything is right here write the vision fold it up and put it in the safe because you got to protect it you know if if i collaborate with somebody they may steal my idea you know mm-hmm. if you want it done do it yourself so but then we go to burnout you know if you're mm-hmm. so somewhere in there we got to ask for help you know mm-hmm. it, it leads to burnout stress weight gain, all of this so then you know we started talking about well the more hands make a lighter load well, I wish I'd have known that 20 years ago, cause it might've been 20 pounds lighter by now. You understand what I'm, saying? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just talking, but you know, again, it goes back to the point that we were taught. If you want something done right, do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And then now we got to change. We got to move the mind shifts to say, okay, collaboration is good collaboration so you know contact and then a contract the only difference is R, which is a relationship so that r in the relationship is the collaboration oh i'm done speaking (laughs) thank you miss raj
0: jones oh that 20 pounds uh yeah that is that is definitely a real thing Maybe all those extra hands were helping to feed me all that amazing food and it led to those That's what
1: candles.
0: it was <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what it was. So Patrick, when we're talking about collaboration, we know how important it is. Um, yet we struggle with effective mm-hmm. collaboration. Mm-hmm. Tell us from your perspective why why do we struggle with that?
3: Interesting, eh let's coming back, just let me just start with the definition so, I've defined in my book I've defined collaboration as the the better solutions and stronger relationships so it's a mm-hmm. both and not an either or proposition and the real I mean yeah ego does does come into in into it that whole idea of self-reliance is mm-hmm. certainly a piece of the of the puzzle why society largely though doesn't end up being collaborative, even though we often use that word. I mean, a politician can't get through a five-minute interview without saying it at least once. Mm-hmm. Um, when we look back to, to what we're taught, we're taught that we make decisions by debates, that you, you narrow a situation to an either or to a choice, then you argue pros and cons, and then you end up with the decision. And what happens is we we narrow our options right off the start because you can't have a debate unless you have only two choices or maybe three. So then when you narrow your mind early, what happens is we narrow our minds forever because no other options ever come onto the table. They only become the two that, that gets discussed. In the collaborative model that I've introduced, what we do instead is we figure out what is it that we want and what do we want to avoid? And then we build the options to meet those. So it's a reverse, reverse engineering our whole thought process. But we've been using the debate model since Socrates and Plato in ancient Greece. And it's there's a there's a couple of assumptions we make in society. One is, is that to make good decisions you you, you go with pros and cons, and the pros and cons will tell you which of the best options, which of the options right. is the better options. And two, that that that's the best way to make decisions.
1: Hmm.
3: So we use that for decision making. We use it for political debate. We use it for contests between visions in, polit- in politics. And now, though, we use that same model for everyday conversation, Everyday conversations have a debate model as the as the format or what I've labeled as adjudicative. And so if you go back right to debate, the word debate comes from uh, from the Latin "bater," So that that is to fight. I've softened it a little bit from 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 debate to adjudicative, which is judgment. And what we do is we introduce an element of judgment in into the conversation right off the bat. And when we we can't be there's two things we cannot be at the same time. There is for a guy who talks a lot about getting rid of either ors, there is an either or that's important. We can't be both curious and judgmental. Those two mm. those two things don't coexist. We need to be either or, and so what's happened is is that we start to use that debate model and adjudicative model for everyday conversations and until we shift from that we will we will not be collaborative
0: wow patrick that's really powerful so we cannot be both curious and judgmental at the same time we have to choose either or and since we know we talked about this on the last last show that most of what we do is habitual right we probably have a natural tendency to lean immediately towards one of those um i most people think if you say you know don't you know that that sounds a little bit judgmental or it feels a little bit judgmental people people don't like that right cuz they think i'm not being judgmental i'm just sharing my opinion or I'm just stating a fact or whatever it is. But I think we really have to examine that whole judgmental piece. So let me pause for a moment. Uh, Cindy said, Patrick, she loves that huge Roman numeral clock uh, in your background. And then also she said, good stuff, Roz. And then Michael says, don't clobber your colleagues, collaborate with them. But at times you may feel (laughs) you want to clobber them because they are standing in the way of your success. That's just real, right? Thank you so much for that, Michael. But I want to talk a little bit about, as we're really trying to get there, another term that we hear a lot is cooperation. Mm-hmm. So is there a difference? And what is the difference between, and I, I really, <clears throat> excuse me, I really got very fascinated by this as I was sort of looking at it. There is a difference between cooperation and collaboration. And I think in often in the work setting and even in your own life, what you might say is collaboration is probably really cooperation. Maybe, <laughs> it may be cooperation. It may not even be cooperation. So can anybody think of like a difference? like what's the differences between collaboration and cooperation? Cause I really wanna bring that forward so that as we're looking at our lives and our teams, we can say, are we really in a good, strong, collaborative place, or are we simply cooperating with each other? Any ideas on, you know, do you see a difference in those two and and what that difference might be? And anybody can sort of respond to this one.
2: <clears throat> yeah, I think, I mean, collaboration is about, you know, going in the same direction, which is, you know, you embrace the same vision, and you you really, you know, going to work together. Cooperation is like uh, you making, you just want to make something work, but you're looking for something different, but at this point in time, you need to, to work with this person. That's the way I understand it, is that, you know, it doesn't have to be a long-term or this, you don't actually have to have the same vision on wanting to go to the same direction, but at this point in time, you need to be working together. Whereas the collaboration is more about the vision, is more about a mission that you're trying to accomplish together. So it's really a fusion for collaboration and then uh, for cooperation, something that is you know uh, worked out just for you know for one instance
0: Hmm. I love that Roz I I love that because really in effect then what you're saying is that in cooperation we may both have a goal but it may not be the same right think about that Hmm. for a moment so we both we come to the table we're both going to cooperate you're going to cooperate because you know what? We have this deadline that we have to meet and we just need to get it done. I'm coming to the table because I'm thinking, yeah, we're going to get it done, but I'm going to show you I'm the best, <laughs> right? Right. My goal and my vision might be very different in that encounter and that circumstances when we're talking about cooperation. Um, but collaboration is we're coming together for that shared goal, right? We know we have that timeline. We have Um, a shared either set of values or a shared vision or something that we're trying to accomplish that we both agree on. Now, we may not all agree on everything along the way, but the fact that we're trying to get to X place is what really, and together we can bring forward, not just my idea, because I got my own ideas, right? Patrick, you have your own ideas. But Patrick, what I heard you say is, It's not just my idea and your idea. It's now a whole different set of ideas that generate. Is is that accurate, Patrick? Is that what you see?
3: Yeah. Yeah. You do end up with a broader range of options if you decide what you want and what you want to avoid before you decide what your options are going to be, because then you have a basis upon which to build your options. You're building your options to meet something as opposed to jumping to an option. The... I I say that uh, you can't, like being, you can be cooperatively adjudicative, and that's not collaboration. (laughs) What that means really is that you're being more gently judgmental.
0: (laughs) Wait, hold on for a minute. Gently judgmental. Uh, Hmm. I'm not sure I've ever heard that term before, but I really like it. I say, you know what? You're being gently judgmental. Stop that. You are. You're locked
3: into your <laughs> you're locked into your idea and you're not being competitive, aggressive about getting your way. You're being more gently persuasive to get your way. And in the end, you've already made your mind up. You've adjudicated in your head. My way is the best way. Now all I have to do is get you to go along with me. <laughs> so that's that's cooperative. That's being cooperatively <laughs> adjudicative. Like wow. people do the same thing in negotiations. They're benevolent, benevolently deceptive. Oh. They use benevolent deception. And by that I mean they go, you know what, Rhonda? How I I have the best answer. And yeah, I might shade it a little bit here and there to make it more palatable to you and i'm doing it for your own good because you haven't figured out yet that my way is the best way so i'm going to deceive you not in a not in a malevolent way but in a in a in a be, be, benign way i'm i'm being helpful to you and it's just quicker for me to do it this way than to walk you through the whole thing so i'm going to use benevolent deception to wow. get you to go along with me that's like being cooperatively adjudicative that's entirely different than than being collaborative.
0: Wow, so Roz, <coughs> have oh. you ever had any occasions when you were being gently judgmental?
3: <laughs> that's
1: a loaded question for me.
3: <laughs> it's for all of us. <laughs>
1: Well, gently judgmental, gently judgmental is being, you know, it's like almost pregnant. I'm just, I'm, (laughs) I'm just, I mean, that's just my take on it, but (laughs) the, the, the the cooperative piece for me is, is like people carrying logs, and we know that we're going to carry it to the fire. We're both going to the fire, but we're individually carrying the logs but we're both going to make sure it gets to the fire and the fire is going to get lit. The mm-hmm. cooperation is okay. We're both carrying the log. The, I mean, I mean the collaboration, the collaboration is we're, yeah, is that we're both carrying the log and we're saving time. That's, that's mm-hmm. what I'm thinking. You know, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're avoiding as, 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 as was already so wonderfully stated. You know, when we work together, we're saving time. We're avoiding mishaps. We're, you know, we're making sure that we're, you know, reducing opportunity for risk and 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 other things. And w- and we get to the goal line faster. And we come out with a better product. We're more productive when we are in collaboration versus cooperation mm-hmm. versus the cooperation right. piece. And that's the way mm-hmm. I see it. Wow. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's really important. So Regina said, wow, that's a loaded question on so many variations. Patrick says cooperation provides a win-win solution. Collaboration provides a a win jointly, right? So together Mm -hmm. we're going to win. That's an interesting way to think about it, Michael, sort of you win, I win versus we win, right? Those are two... I'm gonna say that again, because those are really two different things and I'm not sure we always think of them as differently, right? <clears throat> win, win, I win, you win versus we win, right? And and, and what a way to approach it. So thank you for, for sharing that, Michael. Um, Cindy said, "Good, great distinction, Murray. Seems like we're all on the same track, really, when we were talking about um, cooperation versus collaboration and gently judgmental, more subtle, I think about some of the places that we are not getting movement in our lives. And do we come to conversations? Do we come to the table? Like this is my way, just as Patrick said, this is my way. I just need to nicely persuade you (laughs) or get you to come over to my corner because you haven't yet realized that my way is the best way, right? Oh my goodness. So let me ask you something else. How does lack of emotional deposits, I know this probably isn't a a very conventional term, but how does lack of emotional deposits play into the inability to be collaborative, i.e. you've got folks that you're trying to really work together to form um, a common goal or a solution. Mm -hmm. Maybe they are invested emotionally in this thing, whatever it was, the way it was and it's always worked for them. And now we're coming together and we say, OK, we're going to do something different. If you have not, as the other member of that team, made emotional deposits, do they will they trust you? Can you get movement if you have not really paid attention to that aspect? Because at the end of the day, we're not logical beings. We are emotional beings first. And then we are logical. And most of the research says we use emotion to then uh, we use logic to then justify our emotional position. So what what role does really um, investing in that person, getting them to or you getting to understand their emotional investment and making those emotional deposits so that they can come with. As opposed to now being fixed and stuck in their position. I don't know, does that play a role? Because I feel like collaboration is great, but if I don't trust you, if I don't know you, if I have, mm. I don't, you know, I don't believe that you even care about this thing that matters to me, am I really going to be as flexible and collaborative with you? So Marais, mm. what what say you?
2: I, I mean, I, we see it, you know, as uh, as entrepreneur, business owner, you know, you do business with people that you know and that you trust. So it starts with the trust. It starts with, you know, looking at the values that, you know, the, the, the person is, is bringing. So all the emotion and the value. And then you can assess if you really want to work with the person or if you want to, you know, to, to say no, that's not, that's not what I want. So I think the emotional part is very important. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh,
2: and n- not only how you come across and what you bring in, you know, in, in this project or in this uh, you know, relationship, but also how does this person affect you? Because mm-hmm. it's also gonna be uh, something that you need to, mm-hmm. to take into account. And if you can't reconcile the two, it's not going to work. So you, you better just say, okay, mm-hmm. that's it, you know, and uh, I don't want to go forward. But uh, if you go forward, normally, I mean, most of the time, and, and it, it, sometimes we, we, we can feel it and we, we still want to go ahead, but we realize that, you know, we, we, the, the project doesn't work or we, we're just not, you know, getting what we, we want. And I I really think that the emotional part is is really important in all of this.
0: Now, I'm really interested to hear Patrick's perspective on this Mm -hmm. because Patrick, as a how did you describe yourself in a, a former uh, recovering attorney?
3: Recovering lawyer, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So as a recovering lawyer, I'm sure there's not a lot of talk about emotions, right? And there's probably a lot of a lot of logic and you know, here's the way forward and all of that. But we know and research has proven we are emotional beings. So what's the emotional component of getting forward movement and getting collaboration, true collaboration?
3: True collaboration is kind of like true leadership in this sense. I use this expression that no one cares what you think, unless and until they think that you care. That's not just a cute slogan or phrase. That's reality for every person in a leadership role. So the emotional part is there. and. I guess I see things a little bit differently than most people. I think a lot of people say, "Well, you can't, you can't work together unless there's trust." And yet, people have done mediations and all of those kind, con- you know, conflict resolution processes with people where there's zero trust going in. I've never done a mediation where both parties, where either party, really was optimistic very much about an outcome that would be successful, or where they trusted each other. What they usually do is say, like, I'm coming here with good faith, but I don't think the other person is. Uh, and that happens uh-huh. all of the time. Collaboration doesn't so much depend upon trust as it does upon growing mutual understanding. Uh-huh. And growing mutual understanding includes understanding the emotional basis for the other person's um, for for what they think is the best idea. And so we're always working, we're always working with with people as as full human beings. And the emotional part is very real to it. Um what's the other thing I was going to say? The other thing I was going to say was that another thing I, I often say is even the criminally insane have a reason for what they do. And so when someone <laughs> is mad mad as hell over something, that makes sense to them. And it comes back to, you can't be judgmental and say, well, they're nuts. That doesn't make any sense. And be curious. Wow. I wonder why they see that the way they do. You can't be both of those things at the same time. And when I talk about being curious, it's not just being curious about the logic that the other person is using. It's being curious about them as a person Mm. and exploring the whole of that Rhonda. And I think that's uh, that's really what it comes what it comes down to And so how you grow that mutual understanding really is by the collaborative model like step four where you talk about uh where you identify what is it that you want and what you want to avoid when people start to see that even though they came to the table with an entirely different viewpoint than than you did that what you want and what they want is similar and what you each want to avoid is compatible then you get a growth in mutual understanding That's not the same as a growth in trust. It is enough, though, to lead you to better solutions that you can build together to to meet what you want and what you want to avoid.
0: Well, so I think that's really powerful because even without that sort of baseline level of trust, we can still collaborate and move forward if we grow the understanding. So there's two more pieces I want to touch in. And then I want to share, because Patrick has a six step model for collaboration that we're going to share. And you can use this in many different aspects, I think, of your life. And I want people out there to think about where do you need more collaboration in your life? Is that in your personal life? Are you trying to achieve some goals and objectives? And it would best be served by building collaboration Is it in the work setting where maybe you've got a team that really needs to be more collaborative so that we get to those outcomes? We're gonna share that six step model. But I have two terms first and I want you all to choose, just choose one of them to just give us a little bit of your thoughts on how it affects collaboration. The first is defensiveness. And the second one is uh, forgiveness. Hmm. Defensiveness? and forgiveness. You get to choose one. Which one of those would you like to talk about in terms of the effect that it has on your ability to be truly collaborative? I almost want to develop a new term like like fully collaborative or all-in collaborative or something right, to show that, you know what, I'm there. I'm all in. But how does defensiveness or forgiveness block that? Roz, you get the first choice. Oh, why did I have to go first? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going
1: to have a, I think I think I'm going to choose defensiveness. Okay? I think I'm a, I'm am I'm going to choose defensiveness because we like to protect ourselves. And mm. we use the that 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 mechanism to make sure that nothing um gets into our property, our intellectual property, our personal area, you know, uh, we, we use that to make sure that we don't get hurt.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: So, you know, with the defense mechanism, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Mm -hmm. barrier, it's a protection. Um, so I would use that a lot of times when it comes to maybe people not wanting to collaborate or cooperate. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And so, Roz, when they are in that place of defensiveness, I think you use a really great term as they they've created a barrier, right? They've created this shield around them so that they can protect themselves, which means you can't possibly be all in collaborating because you've got a barrier and a shield around you. And then at the same time, though, you're are you hurting yourself? So, yeah, you got a barrier in your shield up, but if you really if collaboration is what you need to go to the next level, it 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 ends up really hurting you um it just does. as much as,
1: yeah, I agree. It does. It does. It 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 blocks sometimes defensiveness blocks opportunities. Mhm. Defensiveness can block opportunities and it can also set you back. You know, you may be trying to achieve a goal, but it may take you twice as long to achieve that goal because you already have this preconceived notion, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm coming in and this is how it is and I'm not, and and I'm not going to come out, you know, come out of that barrier. I'm not going to open up, you know, you know, for a little while, just to say, okay, I need help. I need intervention. You know, I need, uh, you know, I need to collaborate to, so I could be successful. No, I'm going to stay right where I am. Okay. We'll stay there. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, your choice, right? You get to stay there. <clears throat> one, of one of the phrases I've been using lately, um, and I've really have been applying it to a lot of different things is either you will, or you won't, right? You will, or you won't because we like to be very Pollyanna-ish about things. Oh, you know what? You'll figure it out. You'll get there. Well, you either will or you won't, right? There's no guarantee that you're just gonna magically wake up one day and be there. So we have to understand that we are to, We are um, important in this equation. So Marae, what about for you? Would you like to talk about defensiveness or forgiveness in this realm?
2: Defenses really resonate with me, and I I resonate with what Rose is saying, because when I started in the oil and gas industry, which is a very male-dominated environment, I was very defensive. I came with those ideas already that, you know, because I'm a woman, this is what's going to happen to me. So I created this barrier, and I I got stuck. I was not going anywhere. And like Rose said, you have to decide, are you going to, you know, remove this barrier or stay there and you're not going to, you know, amount to anything. So I had to learn to open up and then work with men and and that's when things started to break through. So I think that's a a very strong thing that, you know, Mm -hmm. that can block the collaboration. And as soon as I started to collaborate with them, things were getting getting really well and uh, I think the gender was not really being visible anymore. It was more about being working as a colleague instead of being a woman in a a male dominated environment. And I think that's, that's really a strong, a strong thing for me is that, you know, if you really want to collaborate this, you, you, you don't want to be defensive and create this barrier for you because Mm -hmm. it's gonna, it's, it's gonna block you and you'll be the victim yourself. So that's, that's really important. Yeah.
0: Self-victimization is a real thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Self-victimization, right? So Regina said, oh, for her is definitely defensiveness. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then Cindy said, Whatever our choices, I believe that right and wrong, whatever your sources, i.e. education, the Bible, etc., should come into play. <clears throat> I believe that as well. I do think it depends on some I think a lot of situations are not as black and white. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of gray out there and Cindy says you can expect collaboration if your idea is wrong (laughs) you can't expect collaboration if your idea is wrong i.e robbing a bank yes well i don't know mom some people out there might collaborate on robbing a bank too i'm just just saying you know covid has been really rough on the finances lately (laughs) all right all the bank robbers over here (laughs) no regina says sometimes we have our shield up preventing collaboration Sometimes we know this and sometimes we don't. Preventing growth, yeah. sometimes after reflection and then now you you lose because you're not reflecting on those things. Yeah, no, I think that that's true. And so Robert, I'm gonna shift it for you a bit. Does forgiveness come into play into this at all? Does it matter? Patrick?
3: The forgiveness, the, um, hmm. Defensiveness is a much bigger factor in in collaboration than our much bigger barrier. Forgiveness does come in, and it comes in after after the growth in mutual understanding. One of the things that people often use in conversations as an avoidance technique is the sorry. I'm sorry. And they use that to shut down the conversation. Most of the time people don't even know what they're being sorry about. And yet they throw it out there. Why? So that they don't have to get into the conversation at all, really. So it becomes like it used as an escape hatch. The The whole idea of, of collaborating is not to get to the stage of mutual apologies. It's to get to the stage of mutual understanding so that you can decide what's really important, right? In a debate, what we decide is who's most at fault for what went wrong. Mm. In a collaborative conversation, we really want to decide what are we going to do now or next or differently going forward? And it always has a future focus spin. And so forgiveness, forgiveness is an outcome And it's more of an outcome of the growth in mutual understanding than of anything else. And then people, and I guess it's more like they experience remorsefulness when they understand how what they did or said has impacted the other person in a negative way that they didn't expect. And so at that point we become, and it become remorseful, not guilty. And and then they're able to move forward and to express their remorse for the impact that they had, that they didn't intend on the other person, and that the other person is able to accept that. And it's more, it, I, I see it more as a growth in mutual understanding, really, than I do as defensiveness. Wow. Or oh, sorry, as forgiveness. As can I goodness. talk? Can I jump in on defensive on defensiveness? Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. But before you do, I just want to acknowledge um, Oliver, who said blessings. Hi, Oliver. Thanks so much for tuning in. All right, go ahead. Uh, tag one two defensiveness.
3: Sure. Thank you. Uh, so, <laughs> Doctor uh, Doctor John Gottman, the Gottman Institute down in New York, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant research. So his. Uh, two of his key books, *The Relationship Cure* and uh, *Why Marriages Succeed or Fail*. In uh, in his book, he talks about um, he talks about the idea that the difference between a criticism and a complaint, and this gets us to defensiveness. So complaints, he says, are a good thing. If nobody complained, you know, we'd still have square blocks and we wouldn't have wheels. We would be rummaging for food instead of agriculture. We'd be walking to the stream with buckets instead of having wells. So at some point somebody says, hey, this isn't working for me. A criticism is when someone says, this isn't working for me and it's all your damn fault. That's an entirely different approach. With a criticism, you can't help but get defensiveness and so he says that really the four the four uh, what he calls them is the four apocalypse of relationships uh, criticism um defensiveness um stonewalling and i forget what the last one is mm-hmm. contempt um So the whole idea of the collaborative model when you come to using it in in everyday conversation is to describe what isn't working for you in non-judgmental language. And it always comes back to the getting to freeing ourselves from judgment so that we can engage the other person in a conversation of curiosity. And when we when we approach it in non-judgmental terms, We're describing the situation in such a way that it doesn't attribute fault or blame to the other person for why it isn't working for us. And at that point, then you're able to engage the other person uh, in an exploration of the emotions, the logic, uh, the consequences, all of those kinds of things so that you can figure out, it isn't working for me, maybe it's not working for them either, And if it's not working for you, chances are it really isn't working for them either for that matter. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at that point, then you can figure out, okay, so what would we want? What would work better? And then start to build options that will get you to there. So defensiveness is a huge block, second probably only to avoidance in that whole field of, of barriers to collaboration.
0: Oh, so Patrick, I love that you mentioned the whole I'm sorry thing. Sometimes you're not even sorry. Sometimes you don't know what you're sorry for. Sometimes you're just sorry so that you can please be quiet. Let's so let's so we can move on. All right. All right. I'm sorry. Okay. Can we move on now? <laughs> right? Which is avoidance. That's not forgiveness. No, it it's doesn't. avoidance. And so I love that you brought that up because I think it is probably something that we probably use more than we would like to admit that we use um, as a form of avoidance. So. Now, Regina, I don't know where this fits into your whole world, but she said, I use, I live for forgiveness. I use forgiveness 99% of the time. It's instant rebuilding for those that receive it. And I, you know, I always go back to forgiveness is really for you so that you can move forward. It's not really for the other person. Um, And it really can be freeing for you. Uh, Michael said, uh, Mm. Patrick said, collaboration is more future focused. And I think that differs from cooperation, which is more now focused. We can cooperate now to develop future collaboration. Is that too confusing or fussy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> great, great point, Michael. Yes. All right. I wanna share uh, Patrick's collaborative model. So everybody has a model that they can begin to use and apply in your life in different situations that you face. So um, this model comes from Patrick's book, Uh, the collaborative path, uh, which we mentioned earlier in the show. And here the, he has a six step, uh, what he calls the new collaborative model. Um, and the six steps are the first step. Number one, set parameters, set number, uh, step number two, exchange perspectives. Step number three, describe issues. Step number four, identify interests. Step number five, generate options. And step number six, select solutions. Um, and I and I love sort of this, Patrick and I were talking about sort of this, this, the simplicity. Collaboration should be a simple uh, process in the way that we move forward. But Patrick, I want to start with this set parameters, because I feel like it's where the train can go off the track before it even get, pulls out of the station.
3: Right? And it usually does.
0: Yeah, exactly. Train is getting started. Chuka right. Train is going and all of a sudden it either blows up or it's off before it has picked up speed. So talk to us about um and then uh rise and Marie, I want you all to come in and talk about, you know, are there any of those steps? that resonate with you. And if I need to put them back up on the screen, I can certainly do that because we won't have time to go through every one. But actually, let me do that for a moment so that I can get you both to look at the steps and identify one of the steps that really resonates with you. And then uh, and then we're gonna have Patrick start off by talking about the importance of setting parameters. And then we're gonna ask Roz and Murray to just talk about one of these that resonates with you and the importance of that in building solid and effective collaboration. All right. So let me stop sharing here. And uh, so Patrick, talk to us about these parameters because I, I don't hear many parameters being set.
3: Oh, this is this is huge coming and I, and again, I come back to uh, Dr. John Gottman for this. His research is the evidentiary basis for the importance of this step when we're setting parameters what we're doing is we're going to talk about how we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about before we get into the substance and that's why conversations mostly go off the rail because people don't have that conversation at the start so set parameters um when when Gottman was doing his research just to quickly go through his so he studied the relationship of marriage for decades basically and he had people come in and he would observe them. And he and a team of psychologists would observe them and they would meter them and they had sensors on them for everything. And they were watching how they were having conversations and they were trying to figure out which ones go good, which ones go bad and why. They noticed a pattern. The conversations that took the time to talk about how they were gonna talk about what they were gonna talk about were the ones that were successful regardless of the subject matter. And these couples talked about everything. They talked about the in-laws and the outlaws and money and kids and infidelity and nothing was taboo under the sun. And so what he was noticing was that conversations that start well, they have like a 90, 95, 6% chance of ending well, why? because they decide how we're gonna talk about what we're gonna talk about, given that the subject matter is sensitive to both of us before we get into it. Coming back again to defensiveness, this is how we avoid defensiveness in the collaborative model is we set the parameters for the conversation before we begin. And that prevents that explosion of the train, prevents it being derailed. How many times have we been to meetings where People go like, you know, hey, how was the meeting? How was the meeting? That wasn't a meeting. It went off the rails before we even get even before we even get started. Why? Because there was no uh, there was no agreement around the parameters for having the conversation for how people were going to participate in it. So, if there was only one thing, if there was only one step that people did differently in conversations using the collaborative model, if this was all they got from my book they would take the time to talk about how they were going to talk about what they were going to talk about before they get into the conversation.
0: Right. I love that, Patrick. Setting parameters. I love this working collaboration together now. On Absolutely. Um, so Regina said uh, setting parameters. I love this in working and collaborating together on any new project. Now we have a direction. Yeah. So you know, what's going to happen when you get to those hot zone, hot button issues? What's going to happen when you you feel your temperature starting to rise a little bit? You know, how are we going to talk about this sensitive topic and still be respectful and honoring of each other? Right. All of that. So I can't believe there's uh, we are almost at the end of the show. So I'm going to do a couple of things. Number one, I want to do our hold up your cup segment so that we get our photo before uh, I do something crazy, like forget to do that. All right, Patrick, hold up your cup. Got it. Thank you. That'll be our post-production photo. And we are going to go ahead and move into our um, our final phase of what's in your cup. And so as we do that, um, Roz and Maria asked you all to sort of choose one of those topics. Or you can really just close out on What do you want people to consider and take away from this collaborative conversation and how it shows up in our lives, how it blocks our progress? So you can touch on something in uh, Patrick's model um, or you can touch on something else that resonates with you. The What's in Your Cup segment is really about giving us an opportunity to reflect on what we can take away from this show. I learn something every show. And so my hope and my goal is that people take something away from it and they learn from it. So let's get started with the what's in your cup segment after our little intro thing. uh, Roz, we're gonna come to you first. All right. So let's talk for a moment about, you know, just doing a wrap up. What are we putting in our cup? What are we taking away from this conversation? And if you have not liked or shared the video, please take a moment to do so, because this is an important conversation. So, Roz, as we start our wrap up segment, um, what would you like people to uh, take away from this conversation? What would you like to share? Uh oh, Roz, I can't hear
3: you.
1: Yeah, we may. And we elaborate things that I wrote down that I want people to remember is what uh, Patrick said was to do... Uh oh. Oh my. All right, Roz. Hello? We can hear you hear now. Me?
0: Yeah, we can hear you now. Can you hear me now? Hello. Yes, we can hear you, Ross.
1: Think there's a delay. Okay. The thing, the thing that I had written down, I dropped it on the floor here. The thing that I had written down was to the thing that I wanted to say, was about describing issues and patterns. So when we are in collaboration, we need to address the patterns, the things that are stopping us from moving forward mm. to a goal. Wow. So say that last part again, Roz. We need to.
0: Uh oh, she may be frozen. Yeah. All right, we're gonna come back. So Marae, as we go into this, what's in your cup segment? What would you like to? What would you like us to take away uh, from this conversation? Or if you want to touch on uh, one of the elements in the model, you can do that also.
2: I think for me, the, uh, the most important thing is I just realized that, you know, collaboration is a process. So it's a process that you have to go through. It's not, uh, you know, I, I always had the impression that it's about, you know, the connection and, and also, you know, the emotional part and the values that you have, you know, to put in, in there. But I realized that it's a process when I look at, you know, the different steps that were described. And one thing that I've, you know, I've been guilty of doing is not setting those parameters, you know, when you start the, the collaboration. It's often, uh, it's of, I've often omitted to do it. I would go straight away to exchange the perspective and then the interest that I have. And then that's, I think, that's that's one of the things that I need to, to pay attention to now, because, uh, you know, if you don't set those parameters, it makes things more difficult and longer as well, especially if you, you really want to uh, speed up the process. So it's really about you know, knowing that collaboration is a process and there are steps that you have to follow. And, uh, and, and th- those are simple steps as well. So uh, it doesn't have to be complicated, basically
0: yeah i love that thank you i you know i think that's why that one stood out for me patrick mm-hmm. that set parameters because it was kind of like oh my goodness we mm-hmm. don't often set parameters um and then i'll touch on one more uh when i'm ready to wrap up ross was there anything else you wanted to add i think we can hear you a little bit more clearly now
1: i i just was uh talking about one of patrick's um parameters that he was talking about was to describe i had put on the describe issues and the issues that we need to describe are the patterns the patterns that are stopping us from moving forward so when we collaborate each one of us should have some type of pattern we need to set an agenda to say okay this is how we're going to move forward so that's part of the boundaries we have to describe the issues and describe the patterns so that's what i like what patrick Mm -hmm. was talking about
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm glad we could get that in because I knew it was important. I just knew it. I'm like, We got to hear that. So thanks, Ross. Um, so, uh, Patrick, I want to first of all, thank you for being here. Ask you if you've got any final words that you want to share with us about um, collaboration. I know we've talked about it a lot. We've been a little bit all over the place, which we tend to do on this show. Imagine that. Um, but uh, anything you'd like to share and how people can learn more about you in the book.
3: Sure. Uh, I'll start with, and it won't be long, The we're really on a journey from ignorance to integration about the whole idea that we're using a debate model for everyday conversation, as well as for how society functions in every human interaction. And where we want to get to is to have integrated a collaborative model to replace that Debate model. So to replace that adjudicative model and switch it out to an, a collaborative one. So every every journey begins. Uh, you know you start at ignorance. Then you become aware that you're using the debate model. Then you can start to experiment with a collaborative model. And then you can become more proficient at it. And you can integrate collaboration into everyday life. That's really where we need to get to as society. Ooh. So the awareness of that we're using a debate or adjudicative model as our format and their need to switch to a collaborative model. That's, that's really uh, what I want people to, to start at. The easy, You know where the easiest spot is, Rhonda, to, to, uh, to learn more is I'm constantly updating, uploading uh, short video clips onto my YouTube channel um uh, collaborative paths and what i'm trying to do is to is to illustrate each step one by one walk people through the model and then to start to add different pieces in about how you do this how you do that so until like at some point, I will launch a book called the Collaborator's Toolbox, which will provide a lot of hands on, easy to use tools. But the whole idea of this is that it's an easy to learn and easy to use model. And there's so much available. Just click and watch and enjoy at um, at my YouTube channel.
0: Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much, Patrick. Um, that's wonderful. You know, my. My takeaway um, piece from your model, one of the things that really resonates with me is the fact that you have a step for exchange perspectives, which is early in the process. And then you have a step for generate options, which is later in the process. I think that's really important because oftentimes we come to the table with what we think are the solutions. And what we're saying is that you're not bringing in collaboration you're not bringing forward the solutions you're bringing your perspective and then together you come up with the options and the solutions that are going to be best i think that's really really powerful so um thank you so much for being here i enjoy these conversations i learn so much if you have not liked or shared the video out there please do that um, you know, as we wrap up, we want to spend a little bit of our time with you because our goal is to help you be wonderful at what you do, be less stressed, more confident, have greater success and more fulfillment. And most of all, we want to help all of you learn to lead above the grind. So thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show. For all my panel, stay tuned for just a moment. If you are out there watching, then hold on one more comment. Patrick's mentioned a leader that feels sorry for specific situations, but often it's difficult to find a leader who is compassionate enough to be remorseful. Oh, well, I will drop the mic on that one, Cindy. So thank you so much for adding everyone out there. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Coffee with Rhonda show. Until next week, everyone. Thank you for watching the Coffee with Rhonda show. You can catch live episodes Saturdays, 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern. And if you are curious about leadership above the grind, you can download your copy of the Stress Free Leader ebook at stressfreeleaders.com. Until.